Just a quick warning that we will be discussing toxic relationship dynamics, patriarchal gender dynamics, religion, despair, death, damaging behavioral patterns, arson, existentialism, etc. If you are sensitive to any of these themes, it might be best to sit this one out. everyone and welcome to a hopeless endeavor a joanna newsom podcast my name is sam and i live in vancouver british columbia and my name is nikki i live in ithaca new york and welcome to part two of no provenance i am in love with this song i hope you guys appreciate this song too maybe a lot i don't know um sam <laughs> it was a rough <laughs> it was a rough one as they all are um yeah Thank you so much for listening. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy. Send us your thoughts and theories and comments and whatevers. And we hope you like it. Bye. Bye. Uh, so our next verse is, I'm afraid of the big return. There's a certain conversation lost, and that loss incurred with nobody remaining to register who had passed this way in the night, in the middle of the night, negating their grace and their sight, till only I remember or mark how we had our talk. I'll stop there. Is there a Uh, colon in the lyric booklet at the end of talk? There is. Okay. Do you want me to read the next part? No, no, I think we're good with stopping there. I just wanted to make sure that we're referencing the same sort of like grammar. Yeah, big return is capitalized, capital B, capital R. Um, Negating their grace and their sight is in brackets. Okay. I am, this is where I fall fucking in love with this song from here on out. Mm. Um, I just want to quickly pull up... um, you know, Joanna Newsom uh, news and discussions on Facebook is a like just glorious source. Joanna Newsom shit posting is amazing as well. But it's wild in the it's, shit it's post. A, it's wild <laughs> right now. The Janu Shipo uh, like trend is to post things that are completely unrelated to Joanna and say like this gives me Joanna vibes and for like three days it was cashews (laughs) yeah i was like asking dave i was like what is what do cashews mean he's like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) and then i scrolled down far enough and it was just like whatever i went on the shit posting group today and they were like there was a lovely post that was like let's write a song together and then immediately one of the comments was cashews and i (laughs) died (laughs) it's so silly it's so silly but also just like it's the only kind of silly that I can tolerate. Like, I'm not a very silly person in, like, the things that I take seriously. And, like, Joanna is one of the things in my life that I take seriously. And, like, that Facebook group is just real good at making me step back and be like, this is all fucking insane. <laughs> yes. Almost existential in a way. Okay. Um. So, anyways, in Joanna Newsom Newsom's news and discussion i just posted like an hour before sam and i started recording tonight 
I said, like music nerds, I seem to remember at some point somewhere reading about how no provenance has some weird shit happening musically, maybe. What is that weird shit? Sam and I are recording our podcast episode on no provenance tonight. And if anyone has any idea what I'm talking about, it would be so lovely to be able to include that in our discussion. Thank you. And one of our really lovely listeners um, whose name I recognize, but I'm so sorry, I don't know how to pronounce, um, but uh, just trying, it's Agniska, Agniska, <laughs> um, Remyaz. Anyways, I'll ask her how to pronounce her name and get back to this if it is wrong. She posted in our Facebook group with, I think, telling us how to pronounce her name. Oh, okay, yay. Because I think she might have been, let's see if I can find it. I think she might have been the person who told us about Pinocchio. Oh, shit. Okay, I'm going to continue describing what, what she said. Yeah, yeah. But interrupt anytime you find it, okay? Yep. Okay, so she posted um, maybe this post on the Shypo group. And so I clicked on the link that she linked to, and this post was from two years ago. And in fact, it is exactly what I was thinking about. So it was by somebody who was asking about um, what would be the most difficult vocal melody to learn on flute. And because I have no memory left in my few brain cells that remain, uh, did not remember that I had actually commented on this post and that the information I was seeking was in response to my comments. So that's that. But... Um, basically the person was saying like, Hey, got a flute, want to learn difficult Joanna, uh, melodies, which one would be the hardest to learn? I'm thinking off the top of my head, maybe no provenance because of the two, because uh, uh, of the parts where she shifts back and forth between two different keys. But what do you guys think? And so my comment was, Oh my God, where does she shift between two keys? God damn it. I wish I knew fucking anything about music. That sentiment I still feel today. Now I'm going to read you a series of comments because I don't know how else to synthesize this into like my own words. Um, mm -hmm. These are just people who know about music. But uh, Nathan says, uh, the part that goes, I'm afraid of the big return. There's a certain conversation lost in that loss and curve with nobody remaining. Blah, 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 um, to only I remember how we had our mark. So he's saying to me that this is the point at which he switches keys. So like shit changes. Once we start saying, I'm afraid of the big, big return. And then I asked a bunch of questions about musical stuff. They explained very graciously a bunch of stuff to me. Um, and then there was one more thing I wanted to read. Some other um, person called Dryden uh, says that this song is wild tonally. It starts in simple C, natural minor. During the chorus, the in your arms part, it shifts to E flat major, which is pretty standard because it's the relative major of C minor. It uses all of the same pitches. Then in a different paragraph, he says, then we enter hell. <laughs> so then he starts talking about, I'm afraid of the big return, starts in F minor, but ends in F major. Will we stay there long? No. It's going to repeat the exact four chord progression, but in D minor, the relative minor of F major, again ending in major, D major this time. But then we're back to D minor on an unusual A minor chord with B flat, 
which is the spooky, moody, Phrygian mode. Uh, then we have the wackiest diversion of all, a G major chord, over which she sings a special mode derived from the melodic minor modes that has no official name. It's a major on the bottom and minor on the top. Jesus Christ, Joanna. Then... <laughs> We repeat the F minor, F major thing, then the D minor, D major thing, then the A Phrygian uh, G major thing. But this time, she uses the G major as the dominant chord to pivot back to C minor and do the opening material again, and I die. Which I am just so <laughs> grateful for that. Because like, even though I don't quite understand what all of that means... I love just bearing witness to the person's like fascination with this because I'm like, yes, okay, crazy shit's happening here. Yes. Is my takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Even if like uh, the specific language doesn't really make sense in my brain, their enthusiasm for it um, and their like <laughs> willingness to explain it uh, is incredible. So thank you so much for that. I so agree. Both with that. of you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. All three of you guys. Thank you so much. And um, like just speaking in the like Sam, like least sophisticated, just like mm, I feel a certain way kind of way of talking. Like you do feel this like shift between like the like you burn me safe and warm in your arms and your arms and your arms. Like the whole beginning has happened. And then all of a sudden it's like like. I'm afraid. Like, it's yeah. scary, right? Like, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. ah, okay, something uncomfortable is happening. Yeah. And then, like, it, it, it is um, distressing and, like, off-putting, uh, but in a way that mirrors what's going on. And I love that shit. Yeah. That, that's why just anybody who knows music, talk to us. We're open. Oh, Yes. Um, so the person who brought you to that post is Agnieszka, um, and she actually also, uh, we mentioned her in another episode, but not by name. And she was the one who I was mistaken. I thought it was Pinocchio, but it was, uh, she was the one who mentioned the connection between Bear and Colleen. Oh, um, yeah. so thank you, Agnieszka. We thank appreciate you so that much, Agnieszka. Much. We really do. Honestly, just like, oh God, it makes us so happy when you guys engage because, like, I don't know. We have such a smart fucking audience that I just, like, feel underqualified. Yeah. And just, to, like, just to come out of yourself for a moment and, like, you know, we all have our own personal connections to uh, the music. But to hear everyone else's is really cool, too. It's really so. cool. Okay. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Back to the lyrics of this verse that Sam had just read. So I am passing the floor stick to you, Sam. <laughs> floor stick. I will graciously accept your floor stick and uh, talk about the big return okay. as the rapture. Oh, okay. I don't know. That's the my first thought. Like I read a lot of sci-fi and watch a lot of sci-fi and I didn't think. I mean, so first I was like aliens. <laughs> Man, I am curious. So wait, um, have you watched by any chance a show called The Expanse? Uh it's um it was something that I started 
Um, it's on like Amazon TV, right? Yes. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. So I started it. I've watched a few episodes, but um, I never finished it because of COVID brain. Uh, oh, no, I had I to it. watch. Yeah, like garbage shit to fill the empty space from yeah. the end of the world. I'm um, pretty much there still. Yeah. Couldn't handle the faux end of the world. Had to handle end of the world actually happening. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, I'll cut that part out. I'm sorry. I just didn't know you were into sci-fi that much. Okay, oh, continue. Very much so. Uh, but like crappy sci-fi. Like <laughs> I like like poorly produced, like really cheesy, bad, bad, bad. The worst, the, like the better ratings on... Um, Rotten Tomato, the more I like it. Uh, I don't know. The rapture. The theological position held by some Christians. Um, an end time event when all Christian believers who are alive, along with resurrected believers, will rise in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Um, what else did I want to say? The idea of the rapture is not currently defined uh, in historic Christianity, but is a relatively recent doctrine of evangelical pro, why can't I say that? Protestantism? Protestantism? Mm. Um, so not something that like all Christians believe by any means, but, um, I think the connection I was trying to make there was like the big return of what? (laughs) It's got to be something big because it's capitalized. Is it like the return to herself? Right. Is it like, um, I didn't think it was like the return to his arms because we're there. Um, And then uh, there was a note on Genius that noted... the idea of Nietzsche's idea of the eternal return, which is a central theme of the title song in Divers. Yes. The idea that the universe is infinitely cyclical and everything is bound to repeat itself forever in the terms of the song. And again, this is from Genius. She doesn't look forward to repeating her same mistakes over and over again. Um, people coming back to relationships they know to be bad for them, which I think is very on the nose. Very um, on the nose. Also, later, she reserves the right to repeat her same mistakes i think it's in california it doesn't matter okay so yes i think um all that is um right on so the rapture stuff that you were talking about um did you just like get that because um just like the phrasing of the big return made you think of the rapture or did you like google big return and it got you something it was the phrasing of it but also like the idea that um you know, so far in this song, <laughs> we're not very far in yet. <laughs> um, but she's safe and warm in the arms. And then uh, the big return made me think of being, you know, as people who believe in the rapture, as being safe and warm in the arms of God. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the narrator possibly imagining herself as left alone um, after an event as great as the rapture could yeah. be. Um, and then, you know, uh yeah i think that's it no i i'm really stoked on your interpretation there because i hadn't thought of i don't know what i thought before but um so i think that maybe there's like some chance that maybe it's supposed to be like ambiguous so the big return Mm -hmm. does make me think now that you say of the rapture of like dying right so death is a huge theme in this song which is like dying and like being put on some other plane of existence being brought to some other plane of existence but then 
given like the start of our song where she has died happy mm-hmm. and lived to tell the tale somehow and she's waking mm-hmm. up, which is like another sort of metaphor for what it is to like not die, right? To be born, you like wake up um, from some deep sleep, which is a metaphor for death. Um, maybe it's that she's afraid of the big return to earth or to this plane of existence, right? Sure. That the waking up itself is so shocking like it was for Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that that itself is frightening. And I feel that totally. Right. Um, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like in the in the same way as like, of course, it would be scary to like if you wake up and you're like, oh, what have I been doing? I've been sleeping like I need to change things. Change is always super scary. And then also like in the way of our um son from the Faulkner short story like yeah like he is now like freed of this burden of his you know father but is Mm -hmm. like oh shit like now what I do it's like this open expanse of possibility that's also really dark and like murky and unclear and I don't know what I'm doing I don't know what I'm doing right at least when you're in the arms of someone you have a place you have like a a position and a role that you're supposed to fill when you're freed from that you're like ah I don't know where I'm supposed to go yeah Uh, no that's very valid yes 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 (laughs) and then Samantha I need your help oh full naming me Goodness gracious. It's that when Alicia and I are referencing you, she always says Samantha. Like, Samantha mm. told me this or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, her name's Samantha. Which is a beautiful <laughs> name, by the way. I love that name. It's a 90s... Oh, I'm going to hurt my mom's feelings. It's a 90s baby book name. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a name I love that it. I, I didn't choose. It's Wait, fine. Were you born in 1990? Mm-hmm. Little baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> Samantha, it's a it's a super pretty name. Anyways, okay, so I need your help here. Mm-hmm. I will do my best, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Rejection. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's the name that I am in trouble with. Nicole. Yeah, okay, that's like a little better. <laughs> my parents only agreed to name me Nicole because my mom was like, okay, then say we it like that. It's, Nicole. it's so, so bad. <laughs> They only agreed to name me that because then my mom could call me Nikki for my entire mm. life and she's cool with sure. that. And my dad was like, no, I want to name her a French name. And so then my dad could call me Nicole for my whole life. Sure. But then he like, so when he's speaking French to me, he says Nicole in like a proper way that sounds fine to my ears. But a lot of the times when he's especially reprimanding me or just addressing me, he like does this weird in between of the English and French way of saying Nicole and Nicole, and he calls me Nicole, and like mm. I don't, nothing makes me angrier in my life than sure. being called Nicole. I want to die. Yep. Never again. Never again. Exactly. Other than when I talk to my dad. <laughs> um, okay. So what the fuck conversation is lost? I'm afraid of the big return. There's a certain conversation lost and that loss incurred with nobody remaining. I don't know. (laughs) So also another thing that, oh, go ahead. I feel like it's something to say. I feel like it's the conversation, either the conversation with herself or the conversation with her partner. Um, 
that leads to or triggers the big return. Yeah. Um, you know, like if she's waking up, uh, you know, the next step would be to say, I'm not okay. I need to get out of here or just to go. Yeah. Um, but that's at the very least a conversation with herself. Right. Um, that's what I want to assume. Right. I agree entirely with that. But then the question is like, why is it lost? Yeah. The, you know what's annoying about this song is there's nothing on Genius about it. There's nothing. Nothing. Man. There's Johnny nothing. Appleseed. I can Google Johnny Appleseed. Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> he was this dude. Yeah. Okay. I know. There's nothing. There's like, ver- even on any other site too, there's very little help. But And I wonder if part of that is because it's so controversial. Yeah. Like I wonder as, as a song itself that like people do or don't like people do or don't like people like or don't like people like or don't like um yeah maybe just it's like uh there's just not as much content in general i don't know yeah and it's also one of those i feel like kingfisher i don't i haven't looked at it in a long time but i'm pretty sure kingfisher is the same way in that it is Mm. so poorly annotated but it almost seems to me as though that's the case because people are like i don't fucking know what's going on in this song (laughs) yeah that's what it feels like yeah so (laughs) So really, we are like just, uh, I don't know, talking a little bit out of our asses here and just giving our impressions of it because there's that's we're the not whole getting, show. That's the whole show. Exactly. <laughs> uh, especially with the, this song, we're not getting much help. But that's what you just said, though, Sam, is I think exactly how I feel. The conversation seems to me to either be like lost between her and her partner, she and her partner, or between she and herself. Um, and so, like, why was it lost? One explanation is that, like, well, because she was sleeping this whole time, right? There is some part of her, some important part of her that's now sort of uh, at the wheel um, who is sleeping. And so because she wasn't there in that way before, mm-hmm. she wasn't able to have this conversation. Um, okay. And that loss, the loss of the conversation incurred. But this is another one of those words that I'm not an English major enough to know what the proper terms for this are. But remember back in Only Skin when we were talking about how the river is twisting and braiding? Mm-hmm. And I read this genius annotation then that was like, normally when people speak, they say that you're like twisting rope or you're braiding hair. Like it's a mm-hmm. verb that you're doing to an object. And incurred is the exact same kind of thing so normally you incur a something um it's not just that the loss incurred it incurred what um right there's like there's some something that we're some puzzle piece that we're missing here which is that like what what did the loss incur but Mm -hmm. we know that that loss caused something i guess to like accrue in a way yeah, on genius, braid is a transitive verb. Yes. It needs an object. Right. Transitive. So that could, um yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that her her not specifying an object here I think is kind of interesting because um maybe it indicates that she is only aware, like we're not getting this like super privileged perspective. We're still getting this perspective of the person who's just woken up. And so maybe she's only able to say that like my lack of being here and like what that caused, which was like are not having these talks, are not talking about it, caused some kind of loss. 
And like, I don't even know what was lost yet, but like, I feel the loss. I feel that something has been incurred um, as a result of my absence, I guess, before, right? Does that make sense? Do you get what I'm saying? It does. And I think the alternative to that, too, is that the loss that is incurred by the big return is the conversation, Mm. that certain conversation. Um, But then it also, while you were talking, made me think, like, if the loss is incurred, the loss of this conversation is is incurred, big return, blah, 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 with nobody remaining to register who had passed this way. So is he... Is our narrator's partner also not there in the same way? Right. Is this like a, is there like duality in this detachedness such that, um, you know, they're both kind of like, oh, I, I want to say empty shells and that's just yes. like a terrible, yeah. terrible thing to say. But also makes me think of later in the song when uh we talk about salt coated in salt and one of the notes that i had for coated in salt was like the terrible thing you can do to snails or slugs when you cover them in yeah. salt um it's like evict them from their like shells yeah well yeah. it kind of makes them implode in a way right. too right like um right right, right. yeah i no, i like i like that question you raised of like okay Where's the other person then, right? So maybe now that you were saying that, my like sort of like new theory is that like, okay, so perhaps it's that, okay, her being gone uh, is a cause of this certain conversation that was lost. That loss, so her being there, sorry, no, 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 her not being there and that resulting in some sort of like, lack of communication itself creates this like additional lack of communication so like I don't know if you've ever like whatever been in like a relationship or just like any relationship like with a friend or anything where like maybe one of you is like mad at the other person and like you're just quiet and -hmm. the other person's just like quiet in response to that and you're like, why are you being quiet? Like, I'm the one who's mad at you. And they're like, well, you're just How being How dare really you distant. be quiet? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, yeah. like, it does sort of, like, build upon itself, right? And so maybe that – maybe the thought here is that my being distant is the thing that caused you to be distant. Loss – incurred loss, right? That loss incurred right. further loss, which was that, like, you you – stopped being here and because Mm -hmm. now neither of us are here because of this like conversation lost no one's left right no one's left to like witness that yeah um yeah yeah i like that a lot okay now this song gets fucking complicated it's been complicated (laughs) and it gets more complicated i think do you have any theories about who the who is who passes this way in the night, in the middle of the night, negating their grace in their sight? I think it ties into the first part um, of this verse, which is because they're both not there, there is no one to kind of witness what's happening. Um, the way she puts it is to register who had passed this way in the night, in the middle of the night. So maybe there's 
because we have these two people who are both not present with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no one to kind of mediate between them or witness what they're doing apart from each other. Right. Um, or to even bear witness to the same experience, you know? Yeah. Like when you and somebody else are on such different planes or like in different places, it's like the like a Rashomon effect, right? Where like you can see something as happening one way, someone else can see something as happening another way. But if both of your perspectives are like super biased or super mm-hmm. sort of um, obscured by like the shit that's happening in your own head, then there's no one left to give any sort of objective assessment of the situation. Um, And the ability of either of them to have that, to have any real perspective is gone too, because as she said, she's been sleeping for 40 years. Right. So to be present to, she, yeah, there was no presence. There's no, uh, like until she awakens, there's no way for her to bear witness to any of it. Exactly, Sam. And like, it makes me think too of the line in Easy where she says like, no one knows how I've been dulling and dumbing in the service of the heart alone. And so like, it's almost as though both these people have been like erasing themselves so much so that there's no one left on either side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then something is happening in the middle of the night. Something's passing and neither of them are like there enough. It's almost like, it almost makes me think of like the kind of like, sort of sedated state that you'd be if you were both taking like heroin or opiates or whatever, right? Like you're both just sort of like, uh, like this is safe and warm in each other's arms and we are purposefully not paying attention to like reality, right? We're both just sort of like borrowing in the comfort of each other without ever looking up. And this narrator's like, hey though, if you looked up, something passed in the middle of the night something happened and i think that the the something that happened is super important um and before we get to that though i just quickly want to say like the idea that like because there was no one to register who passed in the middle of the night like it says in parentheses negating their grace in their sight it's just kind of a cool idea that, like, if no one is there to witness whatever is happening, it negates the grace of the thing that's even happening. Yeah, they're gold. Right. I mean, yeah, I didn't even think of that. They're gold. Yeah, so wait, wait. In those lines, negating their grace in their sight, who does the there refer to? I assumed it was the our narrator and the partner. Oh. Um, like negating in the sense that like any good that had occurred uh any gracefulness any willingness to see each other is negated is gone um because neither of them are there to really witness it it's almost like it's forgotten yeah um like because they've gotten to this point where she's asleep he's asleep in some sense um any goodness that they have is kind of just swept under the rug right 
That's interesting. I I like that actually. I um I initially was thinking of it as like I guess because they say like the narrator saying like our um occasionally hear like our bales of bullion and like mm-hmm. um later like only I remember how, or mark how we had our talk. So I was thinking that maybe like the there okay just like whatever I've been like trying to keep this like it's like coy little secret but whatever I think that the thing that passes this way in the night in the middle of the night is gonna be that horse the horse that we're getting to in this song sure so I think it's that uh look both of us were asleep no one was there to witness this thing that like to us from our perspective had no provenance whether this thing had an origin or had some like had something that caused it is like inaccessible to the both of them because both of them were asleep so whether or not this thing had some specific origin is like lost forever because no one was there to witness it um but yet even though no one was there to witness it it passed uh this way in the night and like Though we we neglected to see and appreciate that thing's grace and that thing's um, sight, as in like the clarity of of this thing, um, like so, I I think that the thing in question, the horse in question, this is like my thesis. I guess of the whole song. Yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, I feel so stupid sometimes, but okay. I think that the the theme of the whole song, the thesis for me, is that this horse is. The narrator's self waking up, whatever part of her is like, I've been sleeping, I am awake now, and like, I can't deal with this anymore. Um, I am asserting my own individuality and independence in a way that like, I haven't been and like, sorry, I don't know where this is coming from, but I also can't just stay dormant anymore. And so I think that this metaphor of this horse is symbolic of like this inner strength that the narrator is is that the narrator has and like perhaps is like projecting onto this horse and so to me in this line the horse passes this way in the middle of the night and then like somehow even though no one saw this only the narrator remembers or marks how we had our talk we took our ride um so I think that there actually was someone there to witness it and the reason that someone was there to witness it is because the narrator was the horse herself. There's this narrator who is the horse and there's this narrator who is the sleeping person. Do you know what and I mean? it's that duality again. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I like that thesis very much because it gives us a little bit of hope for our narrator. Like, even if in this moment she is not awake the opportunity to become awake she presents to herself yes. and i want to imagine that it's presented more than once that there's like these endless opportunities that she provides herself mm-hmm. to awaken yep. um and that's just really beautiful <laughs> exactly man it's so beautiful and particularly the line in parentheses makes me want to fucking die like negating yeah. their grace in their sight. So if she's talking about the grace and the clarity of herself and she's mm-hmm. like, look, I've been ignoring this part of myself, but like that ignoring makes me not recognize the grace and the beauty of my own fucking self. This other version yeah. of me, this other part of me who, you know, has shit to say and has like 
is getting a voice back is like somehow coming back from the dead which speaks to me at least to the first verse where it's so confusing and she's saying like I've died happy and lived to tell to tell the tale so in my head she's saying like this one part of me has died but like it's on me right like I'm still here and like almost this like a resurrection that comes um resurrection like a fucking hold on a second <laughs> like the I eastern skies in good intentions oh no it's in reference to uh no it doesn't really relate it's in <laughs> reference to uh <laughs> i just searched resurrection because i knew i had it somewhere <laughs> Uh, it's in reference to like the resurrection of the bodies in one of the caves where the seven sleepers were found. Um, so I think that it can just tie into like the general themes of Christianity that we mentioned earlier and possibly the rapture as the big return because I'm going to push that. But I kind of think it's totally related in in that same vein where it's like, Whoever it is that's been sleeping, whether it's Rip Van Winkle or like the people who Rip Van Winkle was based off of, whoever's been sleeping, there is this like, it's hard to not call it a resurrection when you've been sleeping for 40 fucking years, right? You've yeah. come back to life in some sense and yeah. you're re-experiencing things with these new eyes in like a really significant sense, I think. And so both at the beginning of this song and at the beginning of those or sorry, and at the like point in those myths where the people like wake up and are like, uh, where am I exactly? What am I supposed to do? Um, yeah. And and if I'm being stretchy. <laughs> Be stretchy. I see you stretching your, your limbs over there. Be stretchy. <laughs> if I'm being stretchy. Also, the the like figurative waking up of the sun in the barn burning mm. right he's just like mm-hmm. oh shit i actually can't just keep doing the same fucking pattern with my dad where i see him burning a barn and then insist he didn't burn the barn and then see him burning the barn again and then insist he didn't and i like, get beaten for like whatever the fuck right like i can't do this anymore and i think all of that is tied into the same waking up to something that happens within people that I think is just like really beautiful. Yeah. And we can say again, tied into Colleen and her yeah. awakening was a resurrection in the same sense. Yes. Um, yes. I meant to mention before about how naming I think in this song too is yes. important. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think we can maybe get back to that, but the other thing that I just wanted to quickly mention was um, that I love her use here of the word mark. So mm. um, till only I remember, comma, or mark how we had our talk. We took our ride, right? So I just love the idea that it's like that remembering and writing down or in some other way marking some event are like distinct things. Like, there's something about the way she phrases that that makes me want to journal more or something, right? Like, sure. Um, it makes the memory that we're dealing with seem less pliable. Um, like, you know, like that unreliability of memory stuff where, like, we just, like, twist it to fit whatever other narrative we have. But, like, yes. in- anytime I read 
I would listen to anything about memory. It blows my mind. Dude, the brain is just ridiculous. The, yeah, I completely agree. The brain's ridiculous. Like the stuff that seems so ironclad to us is just like not. Um, yeah. Right. So our subjective experience is so different from reality sometimes, which is like part of why I just love that she uses to only I remember or Mark how we had our talk. Like, I don't know. Something about that. It also like a little bit reminds me or like foreshadows a little bit of the themes in Divers, like her next album, which is just like what is remembered of history, like remembered quote unquote, is the stuff that people write about it, which is like often not objective fact about what happened, right? It's it's who had the power to keep what around and like what narratives we have access to through either luck or like power and it's not objective. But anyway, I digress. Um, no, this is just super nerdy too, but in phonology, markedness is something that we use to um, kind of, uh, I used it in like phonology to divide uh like things in words so like um present tense oh god i have to get this right now i have a dumb question um, Sam. what's mm -hmm. what's phonology uh phonology the way that i understand it is like sound math okay, uh, okay. it was like the class that i just did that uh, it's like how sounds interact with each other okay um okay. Uh, between languages and in specific languages. Um, okay. So markedness is just basically saying like this part of language is special in some way versus this right. part is not. Right. Um, <clears throat> and uh, that might be interesting in terms of like um, till only I remember or mark how we had our talk. Um, yeah, I think it's more, uh, more interesting in terms of um, memory yeah um but just made me think of linguistics because that's all <laughs> no that makes sense and it I don't know I don't know why I like that so much I, I think that maybe it just gives me sort of like this impression that the narrator doesn't trust herself like there's this coming and going of herself and this like awakening and falling into sleep of herself that is sort of fluid and like changes what perspective she is assuming from one situation to the next but there's like this marking that seems like like it, it reminds me of like in uh is the movie called memento where he like tattoos himself to remember shit oh i don't know oh god i think it's memento but there's this awesome movie i think it's a christopher nolan movie that i really love um but this guy has to, he has like amnesia and he has to like tattoo shit on himself to get him to remember shit. And he's like trying to figure out some mystery. But it, it lends this like credence to your previous self that you in the present tense don't necessarily do because like you don't have that access anymore. Like, I, I guess to me, it just speaks to like the malleability of like present perspective and yet like the insistence on some part of you in the past of being like, no, like this is real. And in that sense, which is the marked, the the marked one? Which right. is the default one? Which one is the default? Like how is in this song awakenedness the marked thing? Right. Um, right. Or is it the unmarked thing? 
Um, and we don't know. We don't know what like um, the default state is. Or even the correct like quote unquote state. Like I don't actually think there's like a correct state, but I very much feel this just in terms of talking about like menstrual cycles, like like where for a couple weeks you feel like just this heightened awareness of like everything that you're irritated by yeah. or like really touched by or whatever. And you're like, I'm going to forget this because I'm going to get distracted by like the going goings on of life. But like right now I'm able to like feel these things deeply. And then like yet when you're in the other state, you're like, oh, no, no, that was just hormones. Like now I have perspective. But it's so unclear that either of those yeah. things are the default, right? Like there's no touchstone to tell us what should be the default. <laughs> And in that same sense, it's your memory that you're relying on yeah. to tell you. So what, what is like the lean there too? Like what is, yeah. uh, you trust nothing? Right. Right. <laughs> like, right. Um, and on this grander scale, I think that applies to like this dynamic in these relationships where it's not just like month to month that this is happening, but it's like these, like whatever, year plus long periods that you can fall into this sort of dormant state. And then you just one day you're like, I'm not feeling this anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't tell. Like, you could picture your partner in that situation being like, hey, like, something's weird about you right now, right? Like, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And you're just saying, like, no, no, no. Like, this is actual me. But, yeah. like, both people having a valid point. Like, there's no, there's just no answer as to, like, what's real. And there's no real way to define it right. at any time. Um, it's just this malleable, unclear thing. And again, unclarity being like, to me, this song, No Providence is very much a song that occurs at night. And that might just be like, because of the consistent mention of night in this verse in particular, right? In the night, sure. in the middle of the night. Um, and maybe part of that is because it lacks clarity in the same exactly. way that a lot of these songs do. Exactly. Um, exactly. But but lacking clarity in a way where you're like, I don't know if the daylight that I was experiencing before was real or if it was some like mirage that like now I have reason to question and doubt, right? There's just this like very mm, like – hesitant or um yeah just like unclear within oneself ness unclarity that comes with this kind of change from being asleep to being awake and like being in the dark and I think that happens in the burning barn story I think it happens yeah whatever throughout the themes we've been talking about oh boy okay Shall we continue? We better. We better. Okay. So <laughs> mm, this, the previous lines that we were just talking about feed into these next lines. So I'm just going to start yes. with, so like whatever, this thing passes in the night, mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. Um, Till only I remember or mark how we had our talk, colon, we took our ride so that there was no one home. And the lights of Rome flickered and died. And what's more, I believe you knew it too. I think you saw their flares and kept me safely unawares 
in your arms, your arms, in your arms. This one makes me real angry because (laughs) as I read it, as I listen to it, the kind of picture that I build is him. So flares as a sign of asking for help. Yeah. Is what I think. Um, And that could be help from yourself or from someone else. Yeah. And I have the partner's arms around her, um, keeping her safely unaware in their arms. Um, Him knowing that she needs help or that she's asking for help or even that they need help. But holding on so tight to that state of, um, what would we call it, state of unknowing. or at least pretending to. And that just sucks. It does just suck, man. It does just suck. Because she's saying, I am the only one who remembers how we had our talk. We took our ride. Like, I'm the only one who's acknowledging that we took our ride. Also, sorry, quick note. The use of the word so here is completely baffling to me. So um, only I remember how we had our talk. We took our ride so that there was no one home. Intention. Right. Yeah. Like I, yeah. it's almost it, – it brings to mind that like they're evading some truth, right? We took yeah. our ride so that we didn't have to confront like whoever was waiting for us at home. Um. You know, we took our ride to avoid something. And it's only, I'm the only one who remembers that, like, we did this with this reason in mind, right? It just just makes me think of the partner of the narrator as being just frustratingly, even though the both of them are sleeping, again, as was the case in Only Skin, the narrator's partner is just way more cool with being like, nah, like... (laughs) I'm well-versed in being asleep. Like, I know what this is like. I can stay asleep. It's not a problem for me. And our narrator being the one being like, no, but I, like, yeah, it was good for a bit, but, like, I'm awake now. And also, what? Like, you were here with me. How can you be, how can you not remember this, right? Yeah. We talked so much in Only Skin about fire and desire and uh, without getting into Rome, because I have many notes about Rome, um, <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, the fact that the lights are flickering and dying, I think, is really, uh, really potent here. Um, and again, that they there's some intention in that word, in that inclusion of so there was no one home. Yeah. We took our ride yeah. so there was no one home. Like they intentionally left a space or um, a conversation or something. And the ignoring of the flares drives me crazy. Like um, your example was with conversation and that's a totally valid example. But to light a flare and have someone pretend that they didn't see it. They didn't like feel the heat from the flare or hear like the cry of it as it shoots is like painful. Um, Regardless if, you know, it's both of them ignoring it or just him. 
it's just brutal. Um, it's so interesting here. I 100% agree with you, Sam, but it's so interesting here to me how the, at least on my interpretation, the lights of Rome that are flickering and dying and the people who are witnessing these lights flickering and dying and like the there mm -hmm. um, in their flares, I think it's all the same couple. I think that the flares are coming from the couple themselves mm -hmm. and like their dynamic and that like this couple are producing these flares and both of them are like pretending to not see them except for like our narrator's like, ah. Uh... I think you saw them. I, th I, I think, think you, you saw them. them. And in that same Which vein, either... she's not safely unaware. Right. Exactly. So well, so either either she in the moment also realized them and was ignoring them and was like, I just want to be safe and warm in your arms and like stay in my comfort zone. Or after the fact, she's looking back and she's like, actually, like now I can see that all this was happening and I did not know this at the time, but I think you did. I think I was I think alone you in my did. Yeah. And it's I, I think that it speaks to that kind of like witness of the horse too and the hope that that brings. Even if she was asleep, maybe the horse right. was witness to it. Maybe the mare was witness to it. Um, right. And like brought that sense uh, of having seen this call for help to her. I don't know. Um, I really like that. Can I hear your notes on Rome? <laughs> sure can. So um, I was like, w did the lights of Rome actually go out? And they sure did. The fall of Con <laughs> <laughs> the fall of Constantinople um, happened on May 29th, 1453, after a 53-day siege, which had begun on April 6th. Um, the attacking Ottoman, ar Ottoman army, which signed... Oh. Is this the the they might be giants or we might be giants or whatever song like the it's Istanbul not Constantinople I don't know is the Ottoman Empire the Turkish Empire uh sorry I'm so sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you Sam I'm so sorry no no Please it's okay <laughs> um yeah no you're totally right Yay! Okay, cool. I don't know like, about the song though. It's a uh, I I don't know if you feel this way. My history lessons were fucking abysmal in school. I don't know anything. about Oh my history, god! I, I know, know absolutely nothing. School. Yeah. Um, um. But I do know that at some point. <laughs> no, dude, you're this. totally right. Yes. Yay! Yeah. Uh, okay. Ten history points to you. Thank you. That's the most I've ever gotten from anyone at any point. Um, okay, so that happened. Okay. Um, and I thought it was interesting because, um, oops, there are many legends in Greece surrounding the fall of Constantinople. It was said that the partial lunar eclipse represented, which occurred on May 22nd, 1453, represented a fulfillment of a prophecy of the city's demise, which made me think of uh, resurrection and uh, the rapture. Um, four days later, the whole city was blotted out by a thick 
fog, a condition unknown in that part of the world. Uh, When the fog lifted that evening, a strange light was seen playing about the dome of the Hagia Sophia, which some interpreted as the Holy Spirit departing from the city. Um, This evidently indicated the departure of divine presence presence, and it's leaving the city. Leaving the city. In total abandonment and desertion. (laughs) For the divinity itself conceals, uh, for the divinity conceals itself in cloud and uh, and appears and again disappears. Um, so I just thought this was interesting because of the um, the past verse where we talked a bunch about night. I remember you said that uh, the kind of vibe that this song gives is one of nighttime. And then the idea of this mare bringing awareness to something um, as appearing from the fog is really cool. Um, Super cool. The idea of a lunar eclipse happening at the same time (laughs) is really just sick. (laughs) Um, um oh and also another legend holds that two priests sang divine liturgy over the cloud over the crowd disappeared into the cathedral's walls as the first turkish soldiers entered according to the legend the priests will appear again on that day that constantinople returns to christian hands another legend refers to the marble emperor holding that an angel rescued the emperor when the Ottomans entered the city, turning him into marble and placing him in a cave under the earth near the Golden Gate, where he was brought to life again, a variant of the sleeping hero legend. Um, Just to tie uh, sleep back into this. Um, Being brought back to life. mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I had to say about Rome. It was like, like way better. Well, I was just like she has to know about this. This is intentional. Like it's it's fun when I can like convince myself that my theory is something that she <laughs> intended. Dude, my baseline assumption is that Joanna knows about literally anything I will yes. ever find out about. Like there's just nothing aside from like the most obscure philosophy things that like I have dedicated my entire career to knowing. But, like, even still, she probably still knows a little more. Like, I just – my baseline assumption is that she knows everything. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm so appreciative of that, um, like, analysis of the Lights of Rome because I – when I Googled Lights of Rome, it was, like, some fucking movie. I was like, I don't care oh. about the movie that is related to this phrase. <laughs> I just want to know what Joanna might have been referencing. Um, But – uh, oh, I see the movie now. It looks like a soccer movie. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's just like not something that I'm into. But um, uh, what did I look up? Maybe just Rome or something. But the only thing I had to say about this, and I think your contribution is so much more important, but um, I found that Rome is and was referred to as the Eternal City. And I... Don't know if I'm stretching again uh, too far to like tie this into the themes of like this eternal recurrence and like the big return and this like cyclical nature of the world where like everything just keeps repeating itself, especially intra personally, right? Where we just like repeat our same patterns all the time. And so if that's something that's factoring in here and we're thinking of Rome as the eternal city and she's saying, 
the lights of Rome flickered and died. Like mm-hmm. that's the end of the cycle. Yeah. Right, probably at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe they, they died in the same way as like, she's putting an end to this cycle now where she's saying like, actually, like I need to wake up for real and like, not just keep going back into the same relationships. However, if Melissa Marchrano is right in her, at least by my understanding in her blessing, all the, the birds post, um, we're getting this story just based on like her reading of uh, her relationship with Johnny Appleseed and her like telling Johnny Appleseed, like this is what happened with my previous partner. And like, really we're just like getting evidence from the, in your arms or repetition that she's falling into the same pattern even while trying to like actively reject it. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if that's what's going on, but I definitely feel just at least isolating this verse alone that she's, she's bucking that a little bit and bucking is very uh a very apt uh word choice considering (laughs) all of the the horse stuff that's that's happening (laughs) anything else on this verse no other than like the very uninsightful i kind of don't like the word unawares as opposed Mm. to unaware Mm. I i want it to be safely unaware I don't like that it's unawares. Uh, to pluralize it, though, was to include more than one person, I think. Oh, At least okay, for me. Okay. Well, not in terms of, like, grammar, just for my own my own reading of it. Um, right, right. And also maybe just to be, like, uh, unaware of multiple things. Right, um, right. Which, depending on the narrator's state of awakeness at this point, I think applies. Um right. Oh, and unawares, yeah, without being aware of a situation, the photographer had caught her unawares unexpectedly, sudden, abruptly. Google the same thing. The same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Google. Thank you guys so much for listening to part two of No Provenance. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a three-parter, so you will have part three to look forward to next week. We have a Patreon, so I will link to that in the show notes. You guys can check it out. There you can find bonus episodes and early releases uh, to our episodes. So by the time that this comes out, Sam and I will have released two bonus episodes on there. We try to like aim for one every two-ish weeks. Um, and so, so far we have um, two that are like between 45 minutes and an hour long um, in which we discuss listener theories and thoughts and suggestions and just brilliant stuff that you guys have sent to us about like a whole variety of different songs that we've already covered so yeah I will link to that in the show notes you guys should check it out we're open to any suggestions you might have for the kind of content you want there Um, so let us know and thank you guys so much for listening and checking us out and all that stuff um, we have a Facebook group. It is a hopeless endeavor, a Joanna Newsome podcast. We would love if you would, uh, whatever, join that group and talk to us on there. Also, I hate asking for this, but like rating and reviewing us makes us so happy too. Oh we just love man, sharing reviews. <laughs> we just discovered, being the professionals that we are, that's there's a thing. <laughs> 
that puts together all of the reviews and we lost our minds looking at our like and not that it matters at all because we just do this for fun but like like seeing where our rankings are all over the world was incredible and reading all of the reviews together was so cool so yes if you have it in you to do that uh please do it's uh, a lot of fun so appreciate it um sam does a fucking fantastic job of burning our instagram at a hopeless endeavor podcast we also have an email address if you want to send us longer thoughts or voicemails or even if you think of us and you want to shoot something off in a couple words that's fantastic our email address Mm -hmm. is a hopeless endeavor e-n-d-e-a-v-o-r at gmail.com um you already said the facebook group yes i did cool thank you guys so much for listening and we will uh see you next week with part three thank you Yep, that's okay. I can cut me out. Thank you. Bye.